Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce it, Shanga Kawawa. I think I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Bidden. This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. Ah, if you're looking for a new show at 8 p.m. Eastern, you found one. Yes, blazetv.com slash stu if you'd like to subscribe. Check it out. We have Jason Buttrell coming up here in just a minute. He's going to tell us about the latest on the southern border. I have an update on the Phoenix sandwich shop that it was overtaken by a homeless encampment. We'll talk about that. But we start by doing Biden's all-time low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, please go. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while. Enough to build a song uh, about Biden's new low because it's so freaking common. We come in here. We have poll results. It's a new low for Joe Biden. And I got sick of saying it over and over again. So now we've got a song that just spits it out. And we've got an incredible one for you today. Uh, Let's start with some of the headlines because they're not positive. Biden faces broad negative ratings at start of campaign post ABC poll finds. Biden casts himself as the Trump beater. Polls suggest that's not a sure thing. While the president argues he's the one best positioned to stop his predecessor from returning to the White House, surveys indicate that he starts the 2024 race facing enormous challenges. And, of course, the media is upset for other reasons. This big op-ed from, the, uh, uh, from WAPO, Biden no longer does press conferences. That's not acceptable. No. Are you kidding me? I thought it was. It certainly seemed acceptable to me. Um, look. This is a bad, bad poll, a really bad poll. And it outlines everything that, of course, we've been talking about for a long time. The American people are not happy with Joe Biden as president. He's done a bad job, and the American people recognize he's done a bad job. This has been sort of a catastrophe from day one. But let me bring you through the ugly details here from, again, not a Blaze TV poll, not, uh, you know, a Breitbart poll. No, no, this is... The Washington Post, who's coming to you with this information. Biden approval reaches a new low point in the post-ABC poll. 36% approval rating, 56% disapproval rating, and uh, 8% still not sure. But you see that dropping from below or above 50% at the beginning. Now, one of the things that this is, of course, kicked off is some speculation as to whether Biden should even be the nominee, right? Should he be the nominee? For the Democratic Party, he's a very weak nominee. If you're just going to hand him, you're going to coronate Joe Biden. Is that the right approach? Most Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents want the party to nominate someone other than Biden. Question was, would you like the Democratic Party to nominate Biden or somebody else? Well, Democratic-leaning adults, 58% of people say somebody else. Only 36% say they would like Joe Biden. Among Democrats, again, this is a sitting president. He's a sitting Democratic president. It's 50-50. It's actually 47-47, technically. And then, of course, independents who lean Democrat, only 17% of those people want Joe Biden to be the nominee. Now, this, of course, brings you to, well, wait a minute. 
we thought, if we're Democrats, that Joe Biden was the guy who could beat Donald Trump, and that was going to be enough. Honestly, that will be enough for the Democrats. If it comes down to Joe Biden or Donald Trump, they will not care if it's Joe Biden or not. They will, stay, they will suck it up and they will vote for him because they hate Donald Trump so much. We all know that. That's not breaking news. But a lot of these polls have shown a lead for DeSantis in some, against Biden, but a, still a, a trailing of Donald Trump behind Biden because, look, Donald Trump is a very is a guy who everyone's made up their mind on. You either love him or you hate him. And that's the way it works. Well, in this case, Trump leads Joe Biden. Here's how the polls look. Trump uh, at 45 percent. These are people who will definitely or probably vote for Donald Trump. Forty five percent. And number uh, and uh, number two on this uh, case here is Joe Biden at only 38 percent. 18 percent undecided. Now, that's a 7 percent lead for Donald Trump. DeSantis in the same poll also wins, but by a few a little bit less. 50. He's at 42 to 37 and he 21 percent are undecided in that. But still, five or a seven point victory would be a massive uh, victory. I think uh, Obama beat McCain by eight points, uh, if I remember correctly. So that's about what you're looking at as the in this era of partisanship, kind of the 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 big fish. Like that's about as much as you can win by. So the fact that Donald Trump's winning by seven is a complete catastrophe for Joe Biden. Um, how do, do the issues look? Well, the economy. Uh, who do you think would be better at handling the economy? Donald Trump. Uh, who did a better job, Donald Trump when he was president or Joe Biden during his presidency so far? 54 percent say Donald Trump. 36 percent say Joe Biden. An 18 point lead on the economy. Now, it's important to understand that this is one poll. And you can get misled by one poll. This is the argument that the Democrats are certainly going to make here. They're going to say this is a terrible poll for Joe Biden. It's one poll. You can't believe it. And to be honest, it is out of step with some other polling. 36% is below his approval rating in most other polls. His, his average is higher than that. There's a, uh, a subset of this particular poll that shows black Americans, African-American voters, um, who were supporting Joe Biden at 84%. Last poll, last time they took this poll, have now dropped to 52 percent support for for Joe Biden. If that's real, he has no chance to win this election. If only if he only has 52 percent of black voters, he has literally no chance of winning this election. That number is really, really low compared to other polls. And I would like to sit here and just celebrate it and say what a wonderful thing this is. And you know, we can do some of that. I'm fine with it. But I do want to make sure you understand that this is one poll. It might not be reality. It might be more negative. However, a lot of these trends are cited in many other polls. They might not be as negative as this particular ABC Washington Post poll, but they still show really bad results for the president of the United States. And this one, I think, might be the most troubling and the most problematic for him as a as a candidate running in the future. Less than 35 percent think Biden has the mental sharpness for a second term. Listen to the details. Just 32 percent overall think Biden has the mental sharpness it takes to serve effectively as president down steeply from 51 percent when he was running for president three years ago, which is also a terrible number. 54% think Trump has the needed mental sharpness, which also is not a good number. On physical health needed to govern, 33% think Biden, uh, age 80, has it, while 64% for Trump has it, who's 76 years old. So what are we learning from this? Well, first of all, this is another catastrophe for the Democrats. 
a 19-point lead for Donald Trump when it comes to mental acuity. Remember, this is a group of people who have told you forever that Donald Trump is basically Hitler, that he's incoherent, he lies all the time, he's out of control, he's saying things that are going to upend our democracy, and yet people view him 19 points better than Joe Biden when it comes to mental acuity. That's a real problem for Democrats. And while the numbers might be lower in this poll, the split seems to be pretty consistent between these two candidates. And that's a major weak point for Democrats, because one of the things that you have a problem with when you're running an 80 year old candidate is that everyone sees that he's 80 years old and everyone sees that he's older. You the thing that Democrats fear at some level uh, about Ron DeSantis is that he's in his 40s. He's got a nice, young, uh, you know, beautiful family. They're younger. He's quick on the, you know, on the fly. Donald Trump has a lot of that, too, but he's 76 years old. And he's saying, well, if we want to contrast our party with the 80-year-old, maybe running a 76-year-old is not the best plan. The thing is, though, that people don't see Trump like a 76-year-old. They see him as, like, maybe a guy in his late 60s. He's sure he's older, um, but... Honestly, they see him as a lot sharper and a lot more physically virulent than they do Joe Biden. And this has been a problem that they've known from the beginning. Uh, Joe Biden's campaign has known this since when he started running. They knew this when they put him in the basement and didn't let him come out during COVID. They've known this ever since he got into the White House and every speech he's given since. They've tried to correct it every single day and have failed every single day. Why? Because this is who he is. It's like trying to correct Donald Trump going off script and saying something insulting to a reporter. It's not going to happen because that's who he is. Well, with Joe Biden, a bumbling, incoherent buffoon is who he is. A guy who can't speak in complete sentences is who he is. It's not curable. There's no vaccine for this. He's just where he is in life, very, very slow. He was always, you know, off the, 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 the reservation with gaffes anyway. And now here he is with real, real problems in this polling. Let me show you the details of some of these personal traits. Uh, mental sharpness, again, a 22-point a, a gap. Um, physical health is a 31-point gap. And honest and trust, trustworthy, he beats Trump, but by eight points. He only has 41%. People know he's lying, too. They do think Trump is a liar. There's no doubt about that. But they think also that Joe Biden is a liar. So they're not even getting an advantage out of that. Now, in one of the, like, and I mean this sincerely, we talk about the media a decent amount on this show. In one of the single worst interviews I've ever seen anyone give a, firm, a former president, um, someone from MSNBC was doing this, um, and she comes out, and every single question is framed in a way of like, hey, you're really wonderful, and I love you, and you're great. Why don't people recognize that greatness? I don't understand. Everything is framed this way. You've had a million economic successes, but people aren't seeing it. Why? Well, they had one of these exchanges about these poll numbers and poll numbers in general. And, of course, the core of this is true. He's had bad poll numbers. Even if you think this ABC News poll is worse than normal, he's been terrible in the polls. He's been terrible really since the beginning. He's a very unpopular president. That's just the truth. And so they actually try to basically accuse us of not understanding, right? He's done great things. We don't get them. Why, Mr. President, why don't people recognize your greatness? Here's the question. Why do you think your polling is where it is? Well, I don't think people, by the way, every major one who won re-election, their polling numbers were mine are now. 
Put polling aside no, then, right? Sure. Sentiment in this but country, despite no, all these wins, is I, not I, very I, good. I, all they've heard is negative news for three years. Everything is negative. I'm not being critical of the press, but you turn on the television, the only way you're going to get a hit is if there's something negative. You, you know, you don't, anyway. Uh, what freaking planet is this guy on? You're getting only negative coverage? Are you crazy? You should try being a Republican for a day. Uh, I mean, it's mind-blowing that he would think that it was a coherent thing. And her, you missed the, the, the uh, lead-up to that question where he, she was very complimentary about uh, all the things he had done and why they don't understand the poll results. But he goes on, uh, even then she, he says, well, the poll numbers, everyone's had the same poll numbers as me when they're running as re- uh, re- uh, for re-election. And she says, well, the putting poll numbers aside, having no idea what, if, if whether he said uh, this last thing, whether, if, if that was actually true or not. Shouldn't you know if he's going to if you're going to come in there and ask him about poll numbers, shouldn't you know whether he's telling the truth or not? Shockingly enough, he's not. I want to go through this with you and show you how far the lie goes. 538 uh, does a good job uh, looking back at poll results. They've done this back the last few presidents. It's always been there. We've gone over these before, but I want to give you a picture of where this is. How unpopular is Joe Biden? When we gave you the Washington Post poll, there was 30, I think, 6 percent approval. But his average approval rating, I think, is 42.3. So 42.3%. We're not judging him on his horrible poll results here that we've been talking about today. We're talking about his average poll results, about 42%. His approval rating is much, much higher than that. He's about minus 10. That's technically minus 9.9 approval, disapproval. So let's go back. He said every president that has won re-election has had poll results that are similar to where he is. Is that true? It's the type of thing, if you're interviewing a president, you should probably know. But you're, you haven't interviewed a president. You're still going to know this information before, apparently, MSNBC. Let's look back at the last president, Donald Trump. Here's where he was at this point in his administration. He was minus 10 as well. So basically tied. He was behind by, I think, three-tenths uh, three of a point, minus 10.2. Biden was minus 9.9. So basically even. But again, we'll point out here that Donald Trump didn't win re-election. That doesn't make any that does not connect with what Joe Biden said. He said people who have won election are in the same place as him. Well, let's go back to one who did win re-election, Barack Obama. Well, Barack Obama was plus eight at this point in his presidency. Joe Biden is minus 10. That's an 18 point gap. So, no, Joe Biden was not at the same point Joe, uh, er, uh, Barack Obama was at. Let's go back to George W. Bush. George W. Bush did win re-election at this point in his presidency. He was plus 38 a 48-point gap between him and Joe Biden. So no, George W. Bush was not similar to Joe Biden at this point in his presidency at all. He's already lied. He's already failed on this test. But let's keep going to twist the knife a little bit in this particular claim. Bill Clinton was plus 13 at this point in his presidency. Of course, was reelected. Biden is minus 10, a 23-point gap. George H.W. Bush, now he lost re-election, but at this point in his presidency, amazingly, he was plus 55. This is obviously after the Iraq War, plus 55, a 65-point gap over Joe Biden. Now, of course, he wound up losing re-election. Ronald Reagan, this is probably as close as Biden came on one of these claims. At this point in his presidency, Reagan hadn't had the real ramp up to where he would go and win 48 states in his reelection. He was actually minus four at this point. Joe Biden is minus 10. So a six point gap. I wouldn't say that's 
close or exactly the same, but it's relatively close. Uh, but still, of course, Ronald Reagan did come back and win. Jimmy Carter. Well, here's where you see the, the Joe Biden area once again. Biden is minus 10. Carter was minus 12. So he's actually slightly better than Jimmy Carter. But as we all know, Jimmy Carter did not win re-election. Gerald Ford also did not win a re-election. But he was plus two. Joe Biden is minus 10, a 12-point gap. Once again, Richard Nixon did win re-election. He was plus 19, though, at the time. Joe Biden minus 10, a 29-point gap. Lyndon Johnson he, of course, did not run, but he was plus 29 as he was uh, plus 29 at this point in his presidency. And Joe Biden minus 10, a 39 point gap. John F. Kennedy, of course, assassinated. But he, at, the, at this point in his uh, presidency, he was plus 39. Joe Biden minus 10, a 49 point gap. Eisenhower was plus 55 at this point in his presidency. Joe Biden minus 10, a 65 point gap. And Harry Truman was plus 30 at this point in his presidency. Joe Biden minus 10, a 40-point gap. Every little bit of this was a lie. We don't have a media that will actually hold him accountable and follow up with questions telling him he is lying. That just doesn't exist, apparently. But this president is going to try to do the same thing he did last time. He's going to try to make you forget something key. He's going to try to make you forget that he's the president of the United States. He wants you to forget about him and think about whoever the Republican is. He wants you to make the election about a person who's not even on the ballot or a guy who's no longer even president. He doesn't want you to think about what he has done. It's important that we do focus on that, though, because right now, and it's going to happen even more this week with Title 42 going away, we are the victims of everything this guy has done. I want to talk about Title 42 going away. We have Jason Buttrell next. Our livers, yes, they're an important part of your body. I don't know if you've heard about that. Now, they filter stuff, and they do really important things for you. And we, you know, we throw everything at our livers. Cholesterol, alcohol, toxins, Tylenol, statins, cigarettes. So why do so many of us have a sluggish, fatty liver? I think that kind of explains it. For decades now, your liver has helped you with over 500 key functions every single day. It's time you help your liver with Liver Health Formula. Liver Health Formula is an all-natural supplement contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help recharge and protect your liver. If you're looking to ignite your fat-burning metabolism, boost your energy, and transform how you look and feel, try Liver Health Formula and receive five free gifts when you order today. You get a a bottle of uh, their blood sugar formula to help reduce sugar cravings, and you'll get access to four free e-books to support every aspect of your health. Try Liver Health Formula today by going to getliverhealth.com slash stew and get your five free bonus gifts today. It's Get liverhelp.com slash stew. Try liver health formula at getliverhelp.com slash stew. It's title 42 week. That's my title 42 week song. Uh, the full six single is available on Spotify. Uh, I want to bring in Jason Buttrell to talk title 42, everything that's going on on the border and so much more. He's the head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Jason, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, is it good? Though is it is that is that true? Or are you just saying that? Because I'm just saying that it is not true. I'm looking at the border. It doesn't seem like it's all that good. I tell you what, I, I've never seen numbers like this, and I feel like we can say that every six months as we progress into the Biden administration. I've never seen these border numbers. Literally, I've never seen this. <laughs> They're averaging about 8,000 crossings a day, 
it's record shattering. And right now there's two different stories, or I guess a story on one side of the border and a story on the other side of the border. So let's start with our side of the border right now. Multiple states of emergency in many different border cities like El Paso. Have you seen the videos from El Paso? It's incredible. It's insane. I mean, people everywhere of these migrants just kind of camping out out on the streets. Um, there's, I think about 27,000 was the last number I saw of uh, migrants that are in some of these uh, border patrol facilities. 27,000. So some of the reporting that I'm seeing from journalists that are on the border right now that are actually telling you the truth, um, that are saying that Border Patrol is telling them that if they hit around 29,000, they're going to have to start releasing them out into the streets. Yeah. So they come across, they get processed, processed, and then immediately just let out into the streets. Yeah, they call it what? Safe street releases. Safe street safe, releases. Safe street releases. Why even throw what in the that? safe part? I don't yeah, know. It makes it sound better, I think. It's like they gently yeah. kind of push yeah. them out yeah, exactly. into the street. It's know. like they're not dropping them in the middle of the highway? Yeah, I, okay, least. that's good. But still, this is a this is a, a rough time. Yeah, and imagine being in some of these towns. I mean, you're, uh, imagine what your supermarkets are going to look like. I mean, thousands of people are about to be just thrown into the streets. So supermarkets, uh, anything else that you can think of. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, one of the safe release spots are gas stations, uh, bus stops, and supermarkets. Those are the three things that they've actually highlighted is where they're going to just be dropping people. Yeah, Thousands. I, w- what is the plan for that? <laughs> there, there is none. No. Now, now let's, that's over here right now. Now, mm-hmm. even, it's, it's crazy, even the left, uh, outlets like MSNBC, CNN, even some of these like kind of radical left-leaning NGOs, even they are on camera now saying, yes, this is an emergency, this has gotten out of control. So even when you, when you have wow. them admitting this, this is a big deal. Now, on the other side of the border, which is even scarier, Stu, so we're looking at around 700,000 migrants that are along the border on the Mexican side that are waiting for Thursday, the end of Title 42. Wait, what's that number again? 700,000. Yeah. 700,000. And you can see that you can see the videos. They're in the similar like kind of migrant camps just camping out like out there in the dirt just waiting. Um, and that's just on the border. So we're also getting videos of further, you know, deep into South America, places like Guatemala, places like you know, other countries in South America, uh, tens of thousands coming from Venezuela, by the way. Mm-hmm. And you can only imagine how that could be, you know, taken advantage of by, you know, the Venezuelan government. Um, they're loading up on buses. I don't even want to put a number on them because I've seen just trails of buses that are starting to make their way down for Thursday. So I really don't like Governor Abbott, I think, said today, like he, he posted on his Twitter site or yeah, his, uh, his Twitter that um, he's mobilizing the I can't remember what it's called. Texas Border Patrol something or I can't remember what it's called, but they basically look like, you know, it might be National Guard or something. They look like troops that he's starting to send them down to help repel some of this. I don't think it's going to be enough when you're looking at 700,000 people now saying we're here and walking across the border. What is the plan? They've got 48 hours to figure this out. <laughs> 48 hours. They've had multiple years to figure this out, but they have not figured it out. And, you know, to put a, to, to just put a fine point on this, 700,000 people on the other side of the border, our, we have 19,500 border patrol total. That's it. Total. Our, and they're not all working at the same time. They, they work in shifts. Yeah. 19,000 total. Yeah. And now we have, and they sent, what, 1,500 
troops down there to try to help process this. I mean, this is this is this is a catastrophe. It's a catastrophe, and you got to look at where some of these places are coming. I was looking at this other guy. Um, He works for a think tank that looks at border security. He's in uh, Mexico right now in a hotel, and he just went down. and uh, I'll I'll tweet out uh, this video like uh, after the show. Mm -hmm. But he just went down into like the little like kind of like cafe area of his hotel, and there's people looking across the border from all over the world. He was talking to uh, a couple from Dagestan. Uh, multiple people from, I think, Kyrgyzstan, uh, Russia, um, all these Eastern European uh, countries, they're somehow, they somehow made it to the Mexican border and they're waiting for Thursday. And the, one of the crazier things is they, ha- they were on their phones and they were all kind of in this conversation about how to fill out the proper form on the, the Custom and Border Patrol CBP-1 app. Yeah, the new app. That? Yeah, crazy. You, so you can apply for this. You can get approved and then just walk across, I guess, and show like a barcode or something, like QR code, and say, look, I'm all good. And then they just go wherever they want. And then they don't have to report. I mean, they're supposed to report whenever they do this. It's supposed to give them like a court date. Yeah. But who's actually going to report None of them. Most of them do not. I actually, I actually, another country. I actually saw Amnesty International was pissed at this system because they were like, "This is a you know blatant violation of human rights because not everybody has phones." I don't know. I'm looking at everyone that's crossing. They have phones. <laughs> they got a lot of things that you wouldn't think you know someone that's fleeing political persecution would have. Yeah, I want to go back to your point on uh, people from European uh, nations on this because the the left has said we've had two years to prepare for this. We're ready. Uh, the Biden administration is saying we're ready. And part of the thing they've done to make sure that we're all ready is to put in this this idea that if you're coming from, let's say, two countries away, you're coming from Guatemala, uh, you are supposed to, starting Thursday, apply for amnesty uh, in uh, Mexico first, right? If they reject you, then you come to us. Now, we all know how this is going to be gamed. Um, we all can see it coming, right? Mexico can just easily just say no to everybody, so they go to the next place, and this is not going to make much of a difference. Of course, it also makes no difference with Mexicans in particular because they have no country in between, so they can just come right here. All that being said, the part they just threw in there at the end is that countries that we don't have a diplomatic relationship with, we can't send back because we can't communicate with our government. We can't send a plane back. And the example they used of this was Russia. We are currently sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Russia's sworn enemy in the middle of a war to give them missiles to fire at Russian people. We all know Vladimir Putin is not going to just sit by and do nothing here. And now we're going to let any Russian who comes over the Mexican border, which of course makes no sense. There's not a direct route there. There's not a bridge that connects Russia to Mexico, to my knowledge. They are going to let all of them through because we can't send them back. I don't see any problems that could possibly come from that. Jason, do you? Why would you send a Russian agent through like the normal diplomatic channels yeah. when you could just send them through this way? Yeah. There will be no record. All they have to do is go on that app, apply for asylum, then disappear somewhere mm-hmm. in the Midwest. That's all they would have to do. Gosh, this is really, <laughs> this is really scary. And, and, and I, was, I was reading a, an article just before I, I came on your show about how, I think it was two weeks ago, there was a sudden influx of migrants from Venezuela. And they quoted like, a, they, said, they said there was an influx of like around 20,000 uh, at one border facility, one border town. And they said the vast majority of them were from Venezuela. The vast majority. That, that's insane. Yeah. So you're talking about like, I, I can't imagine how many intelligence assets from Venezuela directed by Maduro to go into the United States and to do whatever. Their intelligence agencies were uh, trained by the KGB. 
the KGB. I mean, and, and what about Iran? What about yeah. uh, Afghanistan? What about North Korea? What about China? China? Right. Like yeah. all these places are all areas that we have either no diplomatic connection with whatsoever or very little. Certainly in China's case at this point, we don't see they don't even seem to want to be taking our phone calls anymore. Yeah. This is really, really ugly. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit to the Allen situation. Allen, Texas, we talked about this in depth yesterday. But what we're getting from the media is basically this was a Hispanic white supremacist Nazi who uh, was targeting people at this mall. Apparently it was very it was planned a year in advance. Thank God for this hero cop who just came by from nearby and took this guy out. So it wasn't any worse than it was. But it was an ugly incident. What are we hearing now about who this guy was? Hispanic white supremacist Nazi. Sounds like something Weird Al would make up on a show UHF. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's an it's an odd pairing. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't remember neo Nazis acting. You know, like accepting. So maybe they have DEI officers now in some uh, of these yeah. neo Nazi groups. That would kind of explain it. Like I don't know, but I do know that. So I just don't I don't trust anything that I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a good mindset to have right after these things happen because everyone starts barking all at the same yes. time. Usually they're all wrong and we land somewhere else entirely. Um, I do know that, I think it was yesterday, that uh, that you know open source intelligence private company, Bellingcat, mm-hmm. I say private company, we'll get to that in a second. Um, they suddenly, uh, according to their researcher, they said they were reading the New York Times. New York Times uh, was saying, yeah, that appears that he's a white supremacist and um, neo-Nazi, and the, they, they referenced a Russian social media site that he had a profile on. Mm. So the first thing I thought was like, well, how does the New York Times, how do they even know this, that he had this profile? Like, this was like almost immediately afterwards they knew this. Well, this Bellingcat researcher, he found the uh, profile and starts posting all these things. Now, it's just interesting. I don't know why a Hispanic white supremacist neo-Nazi would be going on a Russian social media site and posting Nazi white supremacist type things when posting anything about Nazis in Russia is illegal. So if you're on a Russian site, I don't know how they would allow Mm. Nazi type things, especially, you know, tattoos of swastikas and SS be on that site. Why didn't they take it down? That's one of the questions I have. Why did he have zero followers on this site, but he was still posting to it? Hmm. That didn't make sense to me either. Hmm. So I do not understand that, and I do not know how this New York Times reporter even knew about it, or this Bellingcat researcher was able to dig this up. Now, Bellingcat, for a little background information, they first became a thing right after the 2014 Crimea seizure in Ukraine and all that stuff going on over there. Um, They track open source intelligence and they were the ones that remember that Sergei Scripple thing where they had that uh, chemical attack that they used on mm. on him in the UK mm-hmm. the Russians did before anyone Bellingcat was able to track down all these Russian GRU agents like their pictures like get all the CCTV footage all this stuff they got it they were the ones that released it how did they do that before any other intelligence organization in the world good question well you look into their funding and you find out that they get funding from the European Union. They get funding from, I think it's the National Endowment for Democracy. I think it's that one or maybe it's another one, which is funding through the U.S. government. They're, they're state funded. They should be labeled as state funded, in my opinion. Now, I'm curious. Are they just amazing Googlers? They just Google the heck out of that, that keyboard mm-hmm. or are they getting information from somebody else? I don't know. It's just a question. But it's very, I mean, anytime you have some of these groups that are, 
the first ones to get information, kind of like they helped uh, the mainstream media in the United States track down the uh, person that uh, uh, released the classified information. Right, right. They were the ones that did that. That's right. And it's, it's interesting, too. If the funding's coming from governments, it's going to this organization. And this you can see what the Times is doing. They've had a couple of hits, like with you know news, uh, news successes with Bellingcat. They've gone to them and, and, and uh, I think got lots of clicks. So it seems like that's what they're doing now. They're just going to them and just taking what they're saying and reporting it, which uh, seems iffy. It, it's a, it's at least a question to ask. Yeah. You know, it's just when when so when when you're throwing down the narrative of white supremacist neo-Nazi, which is exactly what you know the you know the the Department of Defense under Joe Biden stood down the entire military to try and root out of the military, and they want us to think that white supremacist neo-Nazis are falling out of the rafters. Um, that's the type of thing. That's the exact narrative that they would want to push on this. And it's just it, the whole the whole story is weird too. Like the, the neighbors saying like. Gosh, this, you know, I, he was kind of quiet and blah, blah, blah. But like you could blow me over with a feather if I, if you would have told me that this guy would do something like this. The guy with the SS tattoos, you were going to be that would shock you. Yeah. Like it just weird. It doesn't seem to, to, to meld with everything else we know. Right. But who knows? I, I, yeah. I, I would just like for more outlets to like be curious about this. Yeah. Be skeptical. You know, like everyone's just accepting this at, you know, at face value. I would just want to know at, 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 at any rate, th there is a severe mental problem in the country right now that really needs to be looked at. Um, it's only getting worse, and I'm sure everyone, probably every, everyone's family is affected by it somehow. Mm -hmm. But um, that needs to be the focus right now. But of course we know what's going to be the focus. It's going to be about guns right now. It's going to be about, you know, rooting out all these like crazy right-wingers that are saying misinformation on social media. So regulate the social media, and let's have the ATF write a few more laws outside the Constitution to criminalize us. There you go. That's always fun. Uh, Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Uh, make sure to go on his Twitter. You know, you post that uh, link yep. later on uh, today so you can get it there. Uh, Jason, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, uh, quote, our currency is crashing and we will soon no longer be the world standard, which is our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable uh, national debt. That's just the truth. The fact is there is one asset that has withstood f famine, uh, you know, economic upheaval, uh, everything dating back to biblical times. It's gold. Uh, right now you can uh, own gold in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text STU to the number 989898. You'll get your free info kit. They will hold your hand through the entire process. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. So how much more time does the dollar have? I don't know. But you should protect your savings with gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text STU to the number 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Again, text STU to the number 989898. It's Birch Gold. Yes, we've been waiting for it for years, but we're finally here. Title 42 week. Yes, the end of Title 42. Expected in just a couple of days. And, you know, I think the media is going to try to hide what's going on at the border. I don't know if they're going to be successful. I will say I did go to the front page of CNN today and I saw this. Some 41 announces they're disbanding after 27 years. Now, you might say some 41. Who's that? Well, they, they had a couple hits like back in the 90s, if I remember right. Kind of a pop punk 
sort of banned, maybe. I'm just wondering how this made it to the front page of CNN.com, honestly. I'm thinking that maybe they saw a number in the 40s, some 41, and thought it was about Title 42. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Title 42 would be a good name for a band, I think. But I doubt that's going to happen. Uh, in Title 42 news, we talked about it a little bit with Jason. Let's put some numbers on it. 90,000 migrants have crossed the U.S. border in 10 days as panic over Title 42 end sets in. One of the interesting parts about this is that there's real confusion on the other side of the border as to whether it's going to be easier or harder after uh, Title 42 goes through. Or at least that's what the New York Times is telling us. There's some confusion about this. And the Times is trying to convince us that, you know what, it's actually going to be harder after Title 42. In other words, please don't come to the border right now because it's going to overwhelm us and make us look really bad and make the president look really bad. So let's just say it's going to be harder. So people are crossing the border now thinking it's going to be harder after Thursday. But then there's even more people. There's 90,000 have already crossed. There's even more, more than 150,000 migrants maybe waiting in northern Mexican states as Thursday's expiration of Title 42 looms. Now, as we talked about with Jason, that number has been estimated as high as 700,000. So, yes, that is more than 150,000. We don't know where this is going to land. We don't know what kind of response we're going to see here. But if the outline plan of the Biden administration is any indication, if they actually go through with this, it's going to be a disaster. One of the things they're saying is, oh, well, you can just go, you can fly in. We don't want you at the border. Just fly in and you'll get your asylum, uh, uh, you know, a claim processed. Well, that, does, that, does that help you? I'm, I'm asking you honestly. Like, is that what you're thinking? Well, we don't really want a lot of congestion at the border. So if they fly in, it may ease some of that congestion. I'm talking about illegal immigration here. Okay, the asylum claims, we all know most of them are B.S. And so flying into Cleveland is not going to make me feel any better about it. It may make your press look a little bit better because people fewer people at the border maybe makes the coverage look a little bit better. But come on, let's be honest about it. That is not a solution. Certainly letting Russians come across the border or all Mexicans come in when they could just stay home in Mexico is not a solution either. We also should be have blanket rules. For some of this stuff. Look, Mexico, for all of its problems, is a place that Americans go on vacation a lot. You know, yes, they have their problems, but the government is friendly with us at some level. And honestly, like there should be no Mexicans coming here for asylum. It's much better to go to a different part of Mexico. There are plenty of parts of Mexico that are very nice. We keep taking planes there. Okay, we know that there are plenty of places in Mexico that are much better uh, than some of the more crime torn areas. So, look, I mean, asylum is just not a thing that should be going on between us and Mexico when we have a friendly relationship, largely speaking, with the Mexican government. The whole thing is backwards and we're about to see how painful backwards can be. I want you to picture for a moment what it would be like if all of a sudden global medication supply chains uh, just dissolved. What about antibiotics going away right before our our, our eyes? Um, Most of our medicine in this country is manufactured in places like India and China. And you can bet 
they are going to be taking care of their own needs first. It's understandable from their perspective. So what do you do when all of a sudden you or someone else you love needs antibiotics and there simply aren't any to be had? The answer is you should have a supply on hand in case of a disaster. The Jace case from Jace Medical is a great way to keep you prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses. Things like UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a whole lot more. It's a great way to be ready for shortages and it's perfect for traveling. Because, you know, you want to get involved with some of these, you know, if you're going to a foreign country, you don't get involved in the healthcare system uh, in a lot of these places. It's not, it's not pleasant. Don't get caught unprepared. Go to jacemedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout. Promo code is STU at J-A-S-E medical.com. Jacemedical.com. Code is STU for the Jace case from Jace Medical. Every once in a while, we get a positive update to bring to you, like, you know, once every three years or so. The show's been on the air for over three years now, so it's good to give you our first positive update. A huge homeless camp will be cleared after neighbors sued. What happens to its vulnerable residents is an open question. This goes back to uh, a few episodes ago. We did a Stu Does the Collapse of the American City, and we brought you through a bunch of stories from cities around uh, the country that have just gone into real collapse. One of the places we highlighted was a sandwich shop in Phoenix, which had been overrun by criminals, people having sex on the tables outside their rooms, people being murdered, overdosing in bathrooms, all these terrible, terrible things. Well, uh, those people sued the government and actually won. Uh, Old Station Sub Shop is the name of the place they sued to get all this stuff cleared out. And now it looks like the government is actually going to have to clear this camp. Now, what happens next, of course, is up in the air. But it's at least a minor victory for people fighting back for some sense of civilization, some sense of rule of law. We always talk about the uh, unscheduled uh, disassembly of America Um, that's kind of like where we are right now. And the fact that someone was able to push back against that and at least slow it down for a little bit is really positive news. This is something we can at least celebrate. And if you like their sandwiches, you can actually maybe soon be able to go there without being harassed or attacked or, uh, you know, peed on by some uh, person who's there relieving themselves on you. No one, when you're having lunch, that's not what you want. You'd rather avoid that type of thing. And maybe in Phoenix soon, that will be coming to the Old Station sub shop. Okay, so here's what happened. You ever drive somewhere and you're using your GPS and you come up to an intersection and it says turn right and you look right. And you're like, well, the street's blocked off. I can't go that way. And you make this decision. You judge the information given to you by the GPS. You've probably come to that uh, situation a couple of times and made that decision. Well, that's because you're a thinking person. Not everybody is. Uh, a, A Hawaii tourist followed the GPS right into the water. Yes, we actually have video of this, and here's what it looked like. Pretty uh, sure poor... that wasn't supposed to happen. No, that was not supposed to happen. Here she is. She's kind of just floating slowly into the water and not really getting out of the car. Eventually, people step up and swim in to carry her to safety in the waist-deep water. But the car or the minivan there is going to be toast. A very sad outcome for this car. Look, just look where you're going with your GPS. By the way, we have some footage from inside the car as well. Right, Maybe it's turn. a shortcut, Dwight. It said go to the right. It can't mean that. There's well, a lake there. I think it knows where it is going. This is the the lake. machine knows. This is the lake. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> no, it's not yelling. There's no lake here. <laughs> 
That's so good. Okay, uh, quick comments from uh, YouTube. Subscribe to the show if you would. Deborah says, 8 p.m. for Stu. Drop Fox long ago. You're very smart, Deborah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Adam says, tickling that algo. Oh, yeah. The algorithmic robots love when you tickle them. That's a little disturbing. And uh, that clip of Brandon at the very beginning, what was that in English? I don't know what that was. We try to translate it. We try to transcribe what he says and all the sounds that he makes, and it's often a lot of consonants in a row. Okay, we will see you tomorrow.